0: Welcome to the Happy Rant Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined, as always, in studio by my good friends, my partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ronnie Zoom. Baby, we got to get you onto those Zoom calls. Uh, You're no longer Zooming around the country through the air. Uh, You're Zooming around the country via the Internet on your your Zoom life. Speaking of, Pipe, our boys making money moves. He's, he's using COVID-19 to, uh, to, to line up some money moves, and I love it. Uh, oh. Baby, can we, can we talk about the new, uh, the new movie podcast, like the Zoom, the Zoom podcast? I don't even know what we're calling this thing. The Magnificent Seven? Is that what yeah. you're talking about, tell Big me team? all about it, because, baby, listen to me. I don't know anybody on this roster besides you and Pipe and at Jerry <laughs> who I only know by, like, association, because you guys are were best men in each other's wedding. Um, you you t- know him, but their- you
1: know him by not getting emails from him.
0: Yes, exactly. I, I know him via the email exchanges we've had that have been rich and not. Um, t- tell me about the new show, baby. All
2: right, so I can only give away so much info because we're still kind of putting it together. But um, we want to do this thing where we're calling it the Magnificent Seven. Where we're getting seven of us um, together, you know, on a Zoom. We're gonna sort of. Uh, we're just gonna riff on on things like movies, maybe books, maybe music, maybe sermons, things of that nature. And uh, we're going to try to drop one of these things next week uh, on a particular movie that all of us watched. And then we'll Zoom it, we'll record it, and then we'll release it. And it'll just be something fun to watch, uh, you know, as you have all this downtime. So
0: Nice, baby. Now, uh, walk me through, like, whose idea was this?
2: Well, I kind of stole the idea from Karen Swallow Pryor, who kind of did, did something similar with a, uh, believe it or not, with, uh, with, with our, my favorite and your favorite, Terry Malik. And uh, oh, his, his recent movie. So what I a thought, lovely well, man! What a lovely man with a lovely yeah. name who who makes a lot of lovely movies. And yeah. uh, so I just thought, hey, let's do our own version of that. Uh, maybe yeah. make it a little more, you know, lighthearted. And let's do something like a movie that's a little more lighthearted. Movies,
1: movies that people enjoy watching is what you're getting at. That's what we're going to try <laughs> to do
2: with this. And then obviously, you know, we've been wanting to involve Jared C for a while in something, and since we don't do outside guests, uh, on yeah, the ramps, he's not
0: very busy. Yeah. I mean, that poor guy's just sitting around. He literally you know? has not a
2: thing to do right
1: now. Yeah, so, I'm, yeah. I'm curious how many books he's gonna write just during quarantine. Like he writes a book a month just for kicks and giggles. I'm wondering if he's gonna do like 17 books while, while trapped in his basement office.
2: I think he'll just have time to finish the ones he already has like 8 deals for pipe. Well, I, mean, I know what he's not writing.
0: Emails to me. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a Now, walk give me the scouting reports. Okay, I want like a I want a couple of sentences of scouting report on each each person on this roster cuz I don't know who these people are. I don't I don't know. Well, hold on. I stuff don't
2: stuff. we haven't nailed them all down yet, so I don't want to go pub with it yet.
0: Jeez. Okay. So Okay.
2: We definitely know we have Jared C on the okay. roster. Yeah. And uh, so we're still working out some of the other guests.
0: Charity so, said yes as you were just like working his traps the other night a little bit.
2: Absolutely, know. man. We were chatting, yeah. we were hanging out, and uh, you know, doing a little like Zoom baking with the wives oh, online. Wow, and, uh,
0: that's so cute! Know, what a time you guys are adorable! It was, hey, it was delicious to- too. Together, Christmas cards this year. You and Pass, the Wilsons Christ- all in Christmas all the posters. Yeah, all in the same white T-shirt on the beach.
1: Boy,
2: it's happening. It's
0: all dude, there. If, if Jared, okay, let me give you a scenario. All right. He's on the
2: khakis, though, baby. You know who you're talking to.
0: No, right? no, 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 no. This scenario involves khakis. You, you, you stylish <laughs> son of a bee. Okay. Dude, you're,
2: dude, T's angry,
0: bud. Dude, no, What's I'm not angry. Coming in, coming in spicy. He's so today. bored. He's so, so bored. bored. <laughs> he no, t- listen. Coming out. This is the scenario. Okay. So Jared zooms you this afternoon. I know you're noon. I know your 12 o'clock Zoom is with the, the Wilsons, the Jared and the Misses there. Um, so if they Zoom you in, they're like, Ronald, listen to me. Here's the deal. Um, our Christmas card. We're doing a joint Christmas card this year. It's you and Melissa and and, and me and uh, whatever Jared's wife is, is called. On the beach, in khakis, and a white T-shirt. And you're bristling at this inside. You're going, I'm Ronald J. Martin, doggone it. I don't wear khakis. I don't do khakis. But, but listen to me. If the deal is, if you agree to this with the khakis and the white T-shirt on the beach, I'll give you the plenary session that you've always wanted. OK, so you get a main stager, but you have to appear in khakis and a white T-shirt on on Jared's Christmas card.
2: Oh, what if, only Jared, if only Jared had the power to do that, to grant me a plenary.
0: Jared knows people. He's 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 a power guy. He knows he knows these people
2: um Are you doing so you're, it? Is the you're, you're doing a hypothetical. I'm I doing a hypothetical. Yeah. So just so hold on. So a Christmas card wearing khakis and white tees with uh with Jared C and the missus for a Christmas card, and I get I get the plenary. at some conference that's probably going to get canceled. Is that you get the plenary that
0: you've always wanted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's the scenario. What are you What are you saying? Um. And they're yes. baggy khakis too. They're baggy, rumpled. Baptist. They have a hammer
1: loop on the side.
0: Hammer loop.
2: Next, you're gonna say they're cargo pants, man. Cargo, no, no, these car- are
1: these are geez, carpenter khakis. We're not, we're not crazy here. No cargos, just carpenter. They're, car- they're carpenter khakis.
2: Boys, you put me in a real vulnerable situation here. I, I, I'm gonna have to think. You're a on nice, this. clean-cut
0: Christian man, Christian family man, and khakis. I'm all,
2: all grown up.
0: You're grown up, and you're grown up, and you're grown up.
2: Talk I'm gonna have to think about this. Give me to the end of the program. I think gotta, about
0: okay. it. I'm yeah, gonna check a in a with lot. you at the end of the uh, Piper. Man, you have given me a
2: lot, man.
0: I've given you so much to think about. Piper, uh, tell us about our sponsors. <laughs> nice right. ship. That was a beautiful trend. <laughs> yeah, seriously, caught me off guard. <laughs> yeah, wow, uh, dude, guess... everything's all jagged for me today. It is all jagged.
2: jagged. Hold yeah. on, let's go before you hit the sponsors pipe. What's yeah. going on, T? You, you I don't know. dude, you are, so, dude, you are just on a tear right now, man.
0: Dude, I'm on a tear. I'm on a rampage. I'm on You're a rampage. Yeah, quarantine <laughs> rampage. You're truly no, living gonna... up to
2: the name of our our podcast, man.
0: Baby, listen, I'm going to try to smooth it out though. Okay, I'm going to try to be a pro I'm going to be a radio pro this morning, and I'm going to smooth it out.
2: All right, okay?
1: Piper, let's do some business. <laughs> <laughs> Your tone was better. Your transition yeah, was yeah. just as abrupt, but we'll go with it. Yeah. Um, so we've got we've got two sponsors. The first is uh, University Press with the book Our Good Crisis by Jonathan Dodson. The subtitle is Overcoming Moral Chaos with the Beatitudes. It's a pastoral reflection on how the Beatitudes adjust our hearts and our thinking in the midst of moral confusion and anxiety and the worries of the day. So just a very Christ-centered look at um, at how to sort through those things using the words of Jesus. Um, Dodson and his crew at Gospel Center Discipleship have done some stuff with the Happy Rant in the past, a, a past sponsorship. Ronnie's done some stuff for them. I've done some stuff for them. Ted, have you ever done any writing and or uh, webinaring for Gospel Center Discipleship? I don't think so. Okay. It doesn't ring a bell, but maybe. But maybe. I mean, it's yeah. when you've written as much as you have, it's hard to keep track, so I understand. Not as much
0: as Jared. See, I'm not writing 17 books in my basement like this guy is.
1: <laughs> yeah, being, pro- <laughs> being prolific, it's just you lose track of what you do. So Jonathan Dodson is the author. The book is Our Good Crisis, Overcoming Moral Chaos with the Beatitudes. It's available now. I would say order from Amazon, but they're delaying all shipments on anything that's non-essential these days. So order from christianbook.com. <laughs> Check out the—there's a website called 10 of These— um there is you know if you have local christian bookstores order through them it's a good time to to support anybody who's not amazon since they're not supporting you these days our second sponsor wow. is mm-hmm. dwell bible app um, there goes
0: that amazon sponsorship we were yeah at, i know on that's,
1: out, that's
2: out down the tubes
0: Did yeah see. jeff bezos well, is never gonna call me but he's gonna be like jared c he's not gonna return my emails anymore yeah, yeah seriously it's I'm,
1: done I poor sure. Bezos. How's he ever surviving? He's like Scrooge McDuck, just doing backflips into his piles of money. So I don't feel <laughs> exactly. su- super bad for him. Um, second sponsor is Dwell Bible app. It's an audio Bible app uh, for any mobile device. Um, great for um, listening plans, memorization, getting ready to study, just having on as sort of a an uplifting, encouraging thing in the background as you go about your life. They have multiple readers. Multiple, they have musical backgrounds. They have a whole bunch of different things that that make it a more of an experience than just a straight line reading of the text. If you go to dwellapp.io slash happy rant, you can get a 33% discount off of the subscription. So they can do monthly. I'm sorry, they can do annual subscriptions or they can do lifetime subscriptions and you get the 33% discount off of either. It comes out to less than $2 a month with the subscription. So well worth it. Check out dwellapp.io slash happyrant, get your discount, try it out. I think they're also doing a free trial right now. So if you go to their website, you can check that out um, just to see if you like it. They know that people are both more anxious and have more time on their hands. At least some of you do. So it's a good time to try out something like this.
0: There it is. That's good business by you, Pipe, as always, even with my jagged transition into it. And speaking of big business, boys, speaking of huge business, I want to talk about the personality business. Uh, I want to talk about uh, a conversation about understanding different personality types other than our own um, and kind of figuring out how other people think or feel or process and are motivated. So within the kind of like huge industry that has become uh, Enneagram related stuff and just personality typologies, et cetera. Um, what, how, how have you guys learned, uh, to, to understand different personality types, I guess is the question. Like we, we tend to do these things and just fixate on our own type and we, we see everything through the filter of, of ourselves. But, um, Ronald, this, this quarantine has given you more time to think about personality stuff. Um, what, what do you, what do you think about this? What are what are the most difficult personality types for you to connect with? Let's start there.
2: Mm. Man, that's a really good question. Yeah. Gosh, I you know, I think um I think the one that's come that's come to hit me the hardest in the last year or two years is sort of that very uh fear-driven personality. Uh-huh. Yeah so it, it's very very suspicious mm-hmm. kind of personality mm-hmm. where it's like no matter what you do at some point, um you're gonna be sort of you're gonna become a target to that person because they can't possibly imagine that you have their best interests in mind mm-hmm. and um, it's really a lot of their own fear stuff that they haven't worked through and mm-hmm. just kind of kind of a fear that turns into a paralysis for them yeah. um, and then and it has to turn everybody else into the enemy as a way for them to you know kind of hide behind their shame mm-hmm. um, and so one of the ways um, it's gonna sound like a bit of a book promo but one of the ways that I've I've been able to learn more about this by this new Chuck to book when narcissism comes to church. Mm-hmm. And, um, so this book has just been amazing. Um, I, I started a couple of days ago. I'm almost done with it. Oh man. And just, I, 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 thought
1: that, I thought that was like a, uh, I thought that was like a a biography of multiple megachurch pastors. <laughs>
2: well, I mean, it, it, it actually isn't. I mean, it really has like this total, it, <laughs> it, it, I could see why you would think that, but like it, it, mm-hmm. it really ranges. So it, he kind of covers he kind of covers like a church staff scenario. Um, so it's really um, it's really diverse in how in how he describes these different personalities. But narcissism, according to DeGroat, is sort of the big sort of undiscovered and dealt with thing that we see as that has been the result of a lot of these downfalls in these churches. And so I've, I've kind of witnessed that. I've I've been kind mm-hmm. of, a you know, in some ways, a victim to that. And I probably have some of my own narcissistic tendencies that I'm learning about that I'm learning to work through as well. Um, and so I don't know, this has been really helpful. But yeah, but I think it's that what I just said, man, it's that it's that it's that very like paralyzing fear-driven um personality type. and it's just it 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 it's been really damaging to me for sure. but
0: yeah. dude, so i'm I'm interested in this narcissism thing. Like what is he and not having read the book? Piper, have you read it?
1: I haven't no I've I'd only seen like the cover of it and it looks a lot like a National Geographic cover when you just see the image <laughs> so I I didn't know what I was huh. looking at so I'm I'm glad Ronnie brought it up I wasn't even aware that it was a kind of a a, a book of significance Interesting um like what's he calling
0: narcissism because I think when we think about narcissism we tend to think about like I don't know the Kardashians or some like big over the top uh you know celebrity kind of manifestations of narcissism but like how does he how does he see it manifest in a local church context?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't have like I can't go to his definition because I don't I can't yeah, yeah. get to it. But it's it's basically he talks about shame a lot. So he yeah. talks about sort of this undealt with shame that lies at the heart of most of us. Yeah. And some some of us have just healthier ways of dealing with that and mm-hmm. um, being aware of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then other, you know, others that don't, that get put into leadership positions, um, it ends up being something that, um, is masked in a church con in church context. So we might look at a narcissistic leader and we might say, Oh, but he's so gifted, or he's such a visionary leader, or he's just really following God's call, or he just demands, you know, he just wants everything to be excellent. And so it gives a lot of these men and women, um, excuses, to lead in a way that um, at the end of the day, um, these are just people that have not dealt with the shame that has been really like sort of hidden in their own lives for years and years that needs to be dealt with. But is just coming out in all of these damaging ways for people on a church staff who are working yeah. underneath them. And um, and we've seen it like with the big like. So, yeah, going back to what you said, pipe like these big mega falls by these mm-hmm. dudes. Um, we've seen that really. Uh, expressed itself like in in really dramatic and sort of public ways with some of these bigger guys over the
1: last few years. Well, yeah, when Ted, when you were talking about seeing narcissism as you know kind of this thing for the Kardashians or these kind of crazy celebrities, I was like, that just mm-hmm. sounds like a lot of these pastors to me. The the more you sure, find yeah. out, you know, and again, it's it's a small number of pastors who have made a lot of big news. But it sounds just like the the insanity of the Kardashians in terms of the demands that are made, the me firstness, the complete sort of out of touchness with um, anybody else's anybody else's perspective, point of view, whatever. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of parallels between like crazy Hollywood and crazy church. Yeah, no, I think
0: there are pipe and that's I don't know what that's a function of. Right. Maybe that's a function of our culture being too too dialed into the Hollywood mindset, the kind of influencer mindset, et cetera. So I have a, I have a follow-up question for both of you guys on this. Do you think like given, given what you know about, you know, let's just say the Enneagram, um, do you think there's a typology that's best like suited for leadership? Because everybody thinks they're a leader, you know, it's, it's kind of part and parcel with like the leadership industry to sort of make everybody feel like they're a leader. But do you think there's a typology or two that's most suited for it. Does that make sense?
2: I don't Yeah, I think um oh go ahead Pat.
1: I don't think so. Uh, interesting. Not, not not you know if you it, just taking the Enneagram for example. There yeah. are there are traits of the different numbers that are more stereotypically like leadershipy in terms of yeah. driven or you know achieving or competitive. But again, those are also the ugly the ugly side of a lot of leadership. And then if you take you know, you take an Enneagram 4, there's there's a there's a great opportunity for creativity there, but also a great opportunity for mm-hmm. like navel-gazing pride and different things. All yeah. the all the numbers have a really ugly side to them. And yeah. that's the that's the part of the Enneagram people ignore. We just like to yeah. talk about the things about us that make us unique and fail to look at the part that you're like, "Oh, that's the ugly side of me, um, right? And and so I don't think one number is more suited to leadership than another. I think all the numbers are equally prone to to the ugly side. So I'm, you know, you guys are mm-hmm. both fours. I think uh, I'm an yeah. eight, and all of us have the capacity to be total disasters at, yeah. You know, as parents, as leaders, as husbands, as whatever. Like we we are. We have, and, and and fours and eights are very different, but we can, mm. we can masterfully screw this thing up too. <laughs> Most definitely. Baby, do you have trouble like being a leader as a
0: four? Like for me, I just have no interest in leading. You know what I mean? Like the idea of leading or power or like people following me is just, it's not a thing that I feel remotely interested in. So do you, do you have trouble like gearing yourself up to be a leader as a four?
2: Yeah. I wouldn't say, I mean, that's a really good question. I, I wouldn't say mm-hmm. gear up. I think just as a four, I'm going to have a particular leadership style mm-hmm. that is going to function well in certain areas and then not as well in other areas. Right. Because I'm, yeah. I, I tend to be, I'm too individualist. So I'm going to yeah. have to really, I'm going to really have to recognize that working with a team that, yeah. is, that, you know, I'm a little more like a, of an individualist creator type. Yeah, and yeah. that can be a, that can be a great thing if you're aware of that. And then you empower other people you know, mm-hmm. to, to kind of run in the lanes that they've been gifted to run in. But it, you can you can become a little too self-serving if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, that can be that can be a massive challenge. But to to pipes, what pipes said, though, it's true. All of us. The thing that's great about the Enneagram, by the way, Chuck the He goes. He's a massive Enneagram guy. So he takes he kind of takes these narcissistic personalities and he applies them to every personality type on the Enneagram, which is really cool. Um, mm-hmm. So it kind of you kind of find yourself in there a little bit. And not, of course, not everybody has narcissistic, you know, uh, disorders either. Um, But but what's, but what's interesting is that, um, to pipe's comment, you know, we all have a little bit, uh, we all have a percentage of each personality type. Some of us just have more or less. So Um, I'm a, I'm a four, but I got a ton of seven and eight in me. So -hmm. when it comes to certain leadership, when it comes to certain kinds of leadership, like you'll see, you'll see my eight just pinging, right. Or you'll see my. My seven just literally like hitting the red on some things. Now, that's either going to be resourceful or in a non-resourceful way, depending on where I go, you know, when uh-huh. I'm when I'm when I'm doing well and not doing well. But I think, um, yeah, I think I think when we talk about leadership in general, um, there are certain personality types that you tend to see in the church world more than other types. So, like, you see a lot of threes are church uh-huh. planners because they get stuff done and they're mm-hmm. super like and they go after it. They're workaholics. They mm-hmm. just it's, Nonstop, just production, right? And mm-hmm. you see a ton of eights. So you see yeah. a ton of eights and a ton of threes that are leading churches that are planning churches, and yeah. that's kind of so that there's a commonality, right, with that. And uh, dude,
0: honestly, most of the most of the pastors I know are eights. A lot um, of eights, yeah. a lot of eights, a lot of Winston Churchills.
1: In the yeah. reform world, you get a lot of ones and fives too.
0: That's true. You know, yeah, you, that's true. a lot
1: of people who let's so say you know the. The, the perfectionist type, so everything just so because these are these are like the the anti church growth types. So the mm-hmm. the scholarly theologian, very particular about because. about doctrine and, and whatnot. And and then also very they lean will lean more introverted. So they're gonna be like I preach on Sundays and then I hole up and study. So I think I think different I think the more church planting, church growth, church network types, yeah, you get 3s and 8s. In the more doctrine driven environments, you get a lot of 1s and 5s.
2: Yeah, that's true. And they and they probably might still have a high percentage of 8 in them cuz they they still might be like really kind of powerful leader types as well. But yeah. they do they do it behind their laptop and commentaries, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, it's really it's so interesting how like like varied and diverse the whole thing is. Um, but I think it's been helpful for me um, just sort of in learning more about myself and then learning about, you know, more about others that I work with so that my reaction to them isn't just why are you doing this and why do you say this and why do you react this way? But it's like it helps me like understand a little bit more on why they think, why they do what they do. And so I I kind of dig it a little bit. So,
1: you know, my. Go ahead, Pipe. Go ahead. I was going to say, at following up on what Ronnie just said as the a, a question. So it helps you understand different things about them. But Ted's original question was, "What is the personality type? Or what types of personality?" So not thinking enneagram specifically, but just personality yeah. traits that you yeah. struggle to understand and connect with. Fear and anxiety are ones that I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to connect well with anxious people. Yeah. Because I'm just, I'm almost never anxious. And now that's a matter of pride for me because it, I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just not that worried about stuff, which, um, I don't, I don't think it's a choice. I think that's just sort of the way I'm wired, but yeah. so even understanding that somebody else is fear driven doesn't really help me understand them more. Cause I'm like, that's just understanding that they're speaking a different language than me. I don't understand their language. So yeah. how does Ronnie, how does it ha- help you understand them if they're just dramatically different than you?
2: Well, I think what it does, I mean, that's a really good question. Pipe. I think what it does is it helps me not react unresourcefully out of my own fear toward them. Right. So it helps me pause a little bit. It helps me be a little more compassionate. It helps me understand that they're dealing with things that maybe are have been really hard for them to deal with or they're really unaware of. And then at least it helps me with with whatever tools that I'm still accumulating, um, you know, help talk about fear and anxiety and how that's affecting them and where we need to go when we're living lives that are just permeated by those things. And so if anything, it helps me to slow down, not freak out, be compassionate and um, find ways that, that I can help them, you know, rather than just react to their fear with with my own stuff or my own fear. Um, so I mean that's just that's
1: just one thing I think for me, but okay, yeah, like when i when I hear people who are who are um anxious and i don't I don't mean like an anxiety it, kind of the, the the a mental health sort of anxiety, but more kind of what you were describing, where they just function from a worst case scenario mindset um, uh-huh. or a fear based mindset, my initial reaction to that is always well, that's just not true. Like <laughs> you right. are functioning from a position of believing things that are not true, and mm-hmm. which is not a great starting place for understanding somebody. Because it because it, it, I mean my initial stance towards them is well you're wrong, and mm-hmm. that doesn't lend itself to very fruitful conversation or working environment or uh, or you know kind of coming to a place of in a work environment you know cohesive co- cohesive decision making in a friendship, you know, it's hard when, when you're just constantly looking at, looking at them and going, you are so full of it. So that, I think that's my biggest struggle with it is just looking at them and going, that's not true.
2: Yeah. I think what it does is it like, it helps you not be so black and white, um, and understand that there's something about our black and whiteness that that's coming from a particular place that's coming from a particular insecurity as well. And so I think learning to understand that too, it helps you slow your role. Other than just, rather than just saying that's not true, you're saying, well, it's true for you for some particular reason, and maybe we can kind of get under the
1: surface and unpack that a little bit. But, so you're saying it's I'm, their you know, truth. That's what I heard you say.
2: No, and I don't. I'm not trying to say that in some quasi like New Agey like let's go to a Grateful Dead concert kind of a way. I'm I'm saying like I'm saying like, hell, everybody. there's there's a reason why somebody's feeling that way so instead of just saying that's not true can we move on it's like let's let's find out why it's feeling true
1: for you no i i understood what you were saying it's just that the way that you said it was (laughs) sounded strikingly close to well that's true for you like oh good it's 1997 again
2: fun i mean guys don't give me the benefit of the doubt it's cool we've only been doing this for five years
1: (laughs) why why would we assume that ronnie is wise and understanding people when we could make fun of him instead
0: Dude, you know what's I, my uh, biggest? You know what my biggest fear is, boys. My my biggest fear is that this enneagram is going to come and go, and we're not going to capitalize on it at all financially. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like everybody, I feel like literally every like middle aged white person in Christendom has already capitalized on this thing financially and made a buck off the enneagram. And when are we going to do it, dog? On it? And how? Lead the me.
1: Only, I want
2: to be the led only, in like, this. Wait. The only way you can do it is, is becoming a certified like Enneagram, like uh who you know, certifies uh, you? Consultationist.
0: <laughs> yeah, this thing has existed for like 20 minutes. Who's doing the certifying? This like, what is, is what, so what good. is a
1: certification? This is like this is like when Jeep calls their own cars trail rated. Well, you gave yeah. yourself a designation. Congratulations.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. And then you can walk around wearing like the trail rated t-shirt after that.
1: Yeah. Dude, I wouldn't last until
0: lunch. On day one of one of these enneagram certification seminars, without like gouging my eyes out with a fork, I can. I,
2: I think you dig it, man. I'm not kidding. I think you. Oh, uh, I don't. I, yeah, uh, I don't I know. Think you dig it, T? I think it'd be. I know what you're thinking, but like think the other thing that you could be thinking, and that's what I think you'd be thinking. Maybe
0: about. I think it would depend who is teaching it. You know what I mean? One
2: hundred for sure. Yeah, no, yeah, 100. yeah. I don't know.
0: I tried to listen to an enneagram podcast one time, and I I like hated everything for the rest of the day. It was, it was too much. It was too much feelings.
2: Yeah. Those Um, things can be, I mean, yeah, those things can be a little janky, but I think like I've done some of the Enneagram like training stuff. And if you get the right guy, it is, it is like totally gripping. It's really fascinating. And that's not even my thing, boys. Like I'm not like, I'm not really that guy, but like, it just totally gripped me. And I was like, wow, that's, that's interesting. Maybe when
0: are you going to get certified as an Enneagram trainer? And then we can monetize this thing together. He can do I it while we're podcasting. Just
1: just take a crayon and write it on some paper. I am Enneagram certified. <laughs> it's like Ron Swanson's note that says, "I can do any, I can do whatever I want." That's that's well, Ron I've certification. Been
2: doing that the last like I've been doing that the last fifteen minutes on the pod, technically. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's just that you've had enough. You've gone to enough of enough of these like certification webinar things that you're like, okay, I can. Cohesively speak and teach through the enneagram. That's all. Maybe
0: let's start a Zoom podcast about the enneagram and and open it with some nice like pan flute music and uh, <laughs> I don't know, call call it. Let's scrap this movie thing and uh, let's let's do a a hard pivot into the enne. I
2: already have, dude. I already have the title. I'm gonna call it the Enya because I want to play some Enya. Oh yeah, a like- little like that
0: song from Far and Away. Yes, by Enya. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Let's do. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, that song was dope, and also like the 90sest thing ever. Yeah, no, it I was dope.
2: It. But yeah, I want to do the Enya for sure.
0: The Enya dude. I wonder what she's doing now, Enya.
2: You know what I mean? Is she making any new music? And by new, you mean the same one song that she's recorded over the uh, twelve albums? Yeah, I think she's still totally.
0: doing. I'm here for that song though. Absolutely,
2: Definitely. absolutely. Ted. In fact, we're in a time of crisis. We should be hearing a new Enya song, you know, drop for the world anytime now. Dude, we should. We need that, man. We need
0: Enya Dude, she could do that. She can soundtrack our Enneagram conference. She could do the the official like album release of of our conference.
2: I'm looking up Enya right now to see what she's up to, man.
0: Dude, please do. Yeah, let me know.
2: Yeah, Piper, are you familiar with Enya? Might
1: I feel like Enya might actually be like an amalgamation of different computer geeks who put together music, (laughs) and like not a real person.
0: Oh no, Enya's (laughs) definitely a real person. I want to
1: believe it.
2: (laughs) She is. I'm
0: look. I'm looking at her right now. Really, she, she, she broke, broke her silence.
2: Rolled. She broke her silence on in 2015, but nobody's heard a peep since. Oh, so. what was she being silent about? I, I don't. Makes know. me sad.
0: Yeah, I don't huh.
2: know.
0: Huh. Yeah, she's crazy. Yeah. Ted, well, what
1: personality type is the hardest for you to uh, yeah to get along with, connect with, understand, resonate with, yeah, etc.?
0: Tell us, dude. Hon- honestly, I think ones like perfectionists because they're always talking about how they're perfectionists and how Type A they are. And I don't know, I feel like if they would just dial back the type A talk a little bit, it would be a lot easier for me. You know what I mean? It's like, we get it. You're type A, you're motivated. I, I get it. I see your planner. You know, it's very impressive. Let's, can we, can, you know, can we just get past it? I think, uh, I think ones are, are the toughest for me. Perfectionist. Um, yeah, that's a yeah. tough one. Yeah, yeah. perfectionist. Because we live in such an imperfect world, right? Yeah, like Because there's, there's, there's no such thing. As, it's so. not going to be perfect, you know. Um, and, and not that I don't like ones. Like I've, I've gotten along swimmingly with a lot of ones. I just, I have trouble getting deep with them, I guess. You know what I mean? I have trouble like going, um, to a really authentic place, I guess with, uh, with ones.
2: Well, the other but, thing about ones too, is that they're like, they're kind of known for being rule followers. So does that kind of yeah. drive you a little batty? It drives me a little batty because it, status quo. You know? Yeah.
0: If I think a rule is stupid, I just don't follow it. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. So <laughs> this is, this is why we're terrible for each other. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sure. why, because, why is
1: that be, because i'm the exact same way like i yeah. if i look at a rule and i'm like well that doesn't make sense it then it doesn't exist it's just mm-hmm. that's a suggestion um yeah. by somebody Dude, who drives my understand. wife
0: nuts because she is a rule follower um and yeah, she's the same a, with mine yeah. yeah she's a sweet lady and like she wants to she wants to do the right thing and she, she is like-
1: she is your your living present conscience is what she is
0: yeah, Dude, she really is,
1: man. God basically. bless her. So she plays a very important role. So I'm uh, I'm engaged to a one and uh and and I've discovered something. So my impression of ones was that they're like perfectionists for everybody else. You know, uh-huh. so they're kind of telling everybody else how things should work. Yeah. But I've come to realize I think it's more that they just they they are never satisfied with their own their own work. So every, there's there's always a sense of like I could have done so. If they make a cake or they make dinner for everybody or whatever, and it's everybody's just raving about how good it is, they're focusing on the one thing they could have done better. You know, mm-hmm. the potatoes mm-hmm. weren't mm-hmm. creamy enough, or when I decorated the cake, the flour wasn't right, or whatever. And so it's always it's always a, it's a self focused thing, and that can project out. Or if they're in charge of yeah. something, it can be a little bit high strung. But yeah, definitely rule follower as well, which. Which I have very mixed feelings about because I, I'm not one, but it's mm-hmm. very beneficial to have somebody who's like, no, you should you should really follow the rules on this one, it dude. Would, they it would just rein you, you in. Yeah, yeah, they,
2: yeah, they you do. You they rein you, in. you just, in. That's a guy, yeah, which is not a bad thing because it's like I can't tell you how many times Big M has been like, just don't say that, and I'm like, well, I just don't care, and she's like, but mm-hmm. you should care on this one. Yeah, yeah. And then no, she'll no, explain good. it to me. I pull back. You know, a minute later, I look at her and go. Oh, there it is.
0: You're yeah, right. yeah, you know? absolutely. So, I,
2: it's good. nice. It's nice. Yeah, it it's is, nice. It is nice. It's it is nice, nice, nice to have somebody that puts the, that, that's reading the manual. That's what I like to call it because I don't read the manual. I, it's just not who I am. You know. Baby,
0: what's uh, what's Jared's personality type? Is he oh, three? dude.
2: I have, gosh, yeah. There has to be a lot of three in him. I I have mm-hmm. no idea. Maybe a four three. Oh, three, get four. out of here! You guys have talked about this ad nauseum. I've <laughs> never talked to Jared C about any. But the Enneagram.
1: I've never skidded. Are you even real friends? Yeah, seriously. Are you
0: even like massaging
2: his shoulders right now? Guys, I don't know. I don't we haven't gone to the beach with the khakis yet. I don't know how good of friends we are yet,
0: but um, that's still under, you know. Are you even quarantining together? I mean, and not, yeah, exactly. This throws <laughs> everything into question for me. I
2: don't exactly. know what to
0: believe anymore, Piper. It's uh, very really hard. Very um, disappointing. Well is we rewrapping this up so that we can do that other little bonus app thing? Yeah, let's I wrap
1: let's wrap this one. I think we've done enough complaining about the Enneagram and uh we have some plotting to do on how to get rich off of it. Although That's right. although you I did I, I wrote myself a certificate that said I was certified, so I've I've taken a big first step. Dude, can we can we use the word coach too? Enneagram coach. Yes. Martin well, Piper. I think I think Ronnie is like He's already next level because he keeps using the words like resourceful and non-resourceful, which I haven't incorporated into my vocabulary for this this realm. So he's clearly yeah. leg up on the two of us, Ted. We have some catching up to do.
0: Dude, Ronnie's more of a guru. He's at like Enneagram guru level, like with a beard. And um, you're a coach, Piper, because you're an eight. You know, you're more of a coach type. So we can we can make money off both of you though. And uh, as could you, to, as could you be I like an Enneagram
1: table. memoirist? I could, I could, I could, I could
0: write, I could write their stories, write your pain, you know, um, I'll be that guy. I'll, I'll be the, like the archivist, the memoirist. And, um, dude, all all kidding aside, um, I had this student, this really funny student, my first year or two as a professor. And we had this thing where like, we would write people a chapter of a romance novel. Like we, we had a questionnaire we would give them. And then we would write them like a chapter of a romance novel, and it was it was always um, it was always really funny. And uh, how did
1: you do that without getting like me tooed to death?
0: Well, um, we we would just do it for like guys, like guys okay. that wanted to laugh, basically. Gotcha. So um, guys who were like un- unlucky in love, and um, in our narratives, they would always be like blacksmiths or like you know horsemen or uh, <laughs> you know, all the all the. All the uh, tropes. Of, yeah, do we still have
1: horsemen? Something right? Yeah, no, I don't think we have
0: horsemen. I mean, Vladimir
1: Putin's sort of a horseman. <laughs> it's like his favorite thing. So yeah, there always. Yeah, I want to go up and be a horseman. Nobody like sets a romance well.
0: novel in like modern day, though. They were all they were always like you know frontier, frontiersmen. But um, anyway, boys, we are we are new radio frontiersmen in that we are closing our homes yet we are still bringing um, this product to you multiple times a week now. I, I think it's safe to say multiple times a week. Um, and we've done what we always do, boys, and that we've wandered to and fro throughout the Enneagram.
1: And until next time. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with.